Morning. Hi. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Amelia. Uh, I'm the children's program director here at the river. Welcome. I'm glad that you are here with us. So this morning, I want to start uh, by showing you some pictures. Did you know that we have been making chairs since ancient Egypt? That is 3,000 years BC. Chairs, not computers, not cars. A structure with very simple function, and that is to allow you to sit elevated above the ground. So, so your legs can rest for a little bit. It has been more than 5,000 years and people are still researching and developing chairs. It's safe to say that there may not be an end to this process. Many of you know that uh, I did not go to school for theology or psychology or any other types of social sciences. My training and degrees are in architecture and product design. So to find myself currently working at a church doing what I'm doing right now is quite a surprise and also a privilege. And of course, it took quite a journey and a lot of processing. There are times I feel inadequate. There are times I feel like I have to compensate or make extra effort because there are a lot to learn. Last Sunday, Alison Knoll talked about how feeling not enough has been plaguing humanity since the very beginning. Alison Knoll reminded us to see ourselves through God's unconditional love so that we may have a healthier perspective in life. When God created me, when God designed you, God said that it was good. That means I don't have to be someone else. I don't have to try to do what others do because apparently God thinks that the world needs me. I have a mission that no one else in the world is able to do. And you too. You are the best person to do you. That sounds wonderful, right? But to be authentic, and to be connected to ourself, it's not that simple. I find it very confusing. I mean, what does authentic actually mean anyway? Is it about being honest? About staying true to our origin or historical identity? Is it about being firm? and so convicted in our beliefs and value and not let others influence you. Our sermon series this summer was inspired by this passage. Do not be confirmed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I find many interpretation to this passage. Some understand it as a message to be guarded against the world, 
the world that they see as fallen and sinful. Some use it as a reason to be extra protective over our traditional values, to double down on morality, to be holy, because God is holy. It's almost like this passage has been shortened to do not be confirmed to this age. Be good and pleasing and perfect. Completely dismissing with to, uh, dismissing what I believe to be the center of the passage, which is about transformation, renewal, and discernment. And when we take away this center part, we are left with dualistic thinking, black and white thinking. We have the world that is evil on one hand, and we have the good people of God on the other hand. Not only this is misguided and unhelpful, but this kind of thinking can be dangerous too. For example, people can become highly defensive and aggressive when they feel like their, children, their children's minds are being corrupted in school or by media, or when they feel like their rights are stripped away they, they feel like they need to be extra guarded, even literally arm themselves. God's will is not bound in time, not bound to this age or that age or any particular time. God's will is also not bound in specific location, culture, or condition. So we, Christians, are not called to conserve some laws or beliefs. We're not called to protect some sacred texts. Because these are contextual things. Things that are bound to this age or any age. Things that we are called not to conform to. God is always ahead of us. He's larger than us. So we are actually the ones who have to catch up, who have a lot to expand. Jesus is progressive and moving forward. Jesus stood up for the marginalized before any human rights organization ever existed. So to be authentic, to be in the perfect will of God for us is to continuously, to be continuously transforming, leaving our old self and our beliefs behind. To be constantly learning, expanding ourselves, to becoming with God. This, I believe, is the message of the passage. Do you see that too? So today, as practical suggestion, I want to share with you some design thinkings that has helped me and continues to help me in this process of becoming authentic and becoming with God. Practical suggestion number one, PDCA. 
design is not about making things look pretty. In fact, it's not about forms at all. It will transform forms. But design is about seeing objects or systems with clarity and making changes intentionally. In product design, or when we talk about manufacturing a product, you may encounter what uh, it's called a Sheward cycle. A cycle that is used to make changes that lead to continuous quality improvement, a never-ending process. And this cycle is summarized with four letters. P, plan. Identify what can be improved and what change is needed. D, do. Implement the design change. C, check. Measure and analyze the process or outcome. A, act if the results are not as hoped for. One cycle is rarely enough in design. Most products undergo multiple, even hundreds of cycles. To do things repeatedly is exhausting. And especially if you do not immediately see the results, it can be discouraging. And life can be very much like this. Whether we talk about relationships, parenting, or family life, career, or running a business, renewing of our minds often means challenging our perceptions, breaking our egos, and rewiring our patterns. And this is hard work. Imagine spending sleepless nights maybe working 60 hours a week on a project, drawing plans, making models and prototypes, only to have them ripped apart by a professor or supervisor the next day. So you can make a new, a new one. How would you feel? What would you do? This can really break someone. This may explain architecture or design major has some of the highest dropout rate. But if you keep working on it, if you keep making tweaks and renewing your methods, each time there will be an increase. Do you see the incline in the second diagram? Because after you go through one cycle, you gain knowledge and experience. So you would always start the next cycle with a new set of understandings, a new set of standards, and new ideas. Alina Wheeler, an author, said, design is intelligence made visible. I've made many designers from architects, fashion designers, graphic designers, filmmakers, writers, musicians, various types of artists. And they are brilliant people. Not because of their obvious uh, artistic 
talent or refined sense of aesthetics, but because they have trained to be adaptable and resilient. Many of them have practiced how to fail over and over again. They take criticisms a lot and process it while staying curious and optimistic. Practical suggestion number two, have no fear of perfection. You'll never reach it. After your first year of architecture and design, you may quickly realize that there is no end to the design process. This means if you're given a two-week project, the likelihood is you will spend every waking hours during those two weeks to complete it. And it may even drag on for many weeks and many months later. It's actually very common for design or architecture students to live part-time in their school studio. They would take their sleeping bags, toothbrushes, hot water kettle. I've seen this one, a microwave. <laughs> that is why in some, some of these schools, they actually have showers in their studios. So during the duration of your course, architecture becomes your life. What does this mean? This means you better learn to embrace as is or in progress very quickly. You should be okay with things not perfect or not quite done. And enjoy the journey. I remembered one particular project. I got my CAD drawings. I got my renderings printed on a nice big paper. I got all my models lined up. I tried to check every box. And then I look at my, one of my good friends, and um, he only had sketches and scrappy models. And I knew he also had sleepless nights like I did. So I was very concerned for him. I really thought, oh, he's going to fail this one real bad. But guess what? We actually both got good grades. And this is what I learned. Our professor were not interested in the final products. They're more interested in what we learn and how, what we receive from our journey. The PDCA process that I talked about the goal of that process is to learn and receive from the journey. It's about being comfortable in the constant mode of in-progress and imperfect. Isn't this also true for life? Every one of us is never meant to be in the same place and will never arrive in the same place. Checking all the same boxes, meeting all the same societal standards, achieving some kind of perfection. The goal is never about getting to the best possible place at the very end. I mean, why would you want that? 
Your life is happening down here in the green area, not at the end or the top of the graph. When you retire, when you make that money, when you made that special someone. In this green space below, there is joy and pain. There's sadness and laughter. There's life. Now, if you are renewing yourself daily, taking up God's invitation to continually expand and to becoming with God, then now is always the most alive, the most authentic you will ever be. Let me bring you one of the most iconic chairs, the Eames chairs. I'm sure you guys have seen this over and over. Ray Eames said, take your pleasures seriously. And this is how I interpret it. Every day is an invitation to be you. There are millions of chairs out there, right? But if you want to make one, do it. And do it your way. Being authentic in our lives is not about achieving the best. It's not about abilities or achievements at all. It's about taking time to really delve into your life, to be truly present to your pursuits, your connections, your family, your friends, and explore them from every angle with honesty, openness, and playfulness so that you can reap joys of the process. Because the fullness of life that Jesus promises for us is accessible today and every day. Thank you.